is going on, everybody? Welcome to a extra special edition of Bruisers, Breakdowns, and Beards. I am your host, Michael Reed. Uh, of course, we've got Kevin. We've got Dallas Cade here today. It is Sunday, October 18th, 2020. Uh, we are beyond excited to have uh, our actually our first official guest of this podcast, but uh, he's a dear friend of the show, uh, somebody that's that's been good to all of us, and we're more than excited to have him on. Um, he's one of the I don't I never know how to explain this like owner proprietor purveyor of wrestling uh, here in Kansas City, uh, part of Journey Pro, but he's a a master of many things that we're going to go over today. So mm-hmm. um, without further ado, Ben Miller is here with us. Uh, ben, how's it going today, sir? Good. I didn't know. We, I thought you guys were going to go to Michael and then Dallas and then come to me, but I'm I'm good. I, you <laughs> yeah, know, I, Mike's I, cutting I, straight to it. I yeah, did. Man. Whoa! I mean, we've already been talking for like 45 minutes. I, know, I figured everybody's I on a schedule. Mm-hmm. I figured I should get <laughs> us up and running. So I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be on this iteration of or the continuation. Uh, divas, dropkicks, and dives. Right? Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. That's the old name. Uh, oh, that's the old name. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. This is yeah. the continuation. This um, is the, the next generation. Next the ne- generation. Yes, it's like the next class. Right. It's like Star Trek: The Next Generation. Exactly. And I am Picard. <laughs> and you guys are all number one. Oh, I was, it was, I just like, that's a sweet beard he had. It. So I'll take it. Engage. Did you like that? Kevin's got more of a wharf kind of thing going on. Oh, I see. He does. Kind of yeah. He it does. happens. That's sexy. But it's all good. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's good to be here. What a strange year. Right? Indeed. Yeah, I mean, as, as we've been talking, it's uh you know what? I'm gonna throw you guys a little curveball. I wanna talk I wanna talk about nothing but politics. <laughs> most entertaining. Let's, you let's know, celebrate. because I don't think A, it's talked about it enough. No. No, uh, and mixed in with the political conversation, I want to hear all of your opinions about COVID, and I need you guys to send me the links of how why you think what you think about COVID. Uh, we'll disseminate and break down each point, and then that should be the show. And we'll just wrap it. Sound good? It's perfect. Le- leading into Point an election, views, that's man. a perfect. Yeah, topic it, to, to, it's it's seasonal. It, it's topical. <laughs> these are the hard to talk about discussions that need to be had. Yeah, right. that you right. know we like. They're uncomfortable, but they have to be done. And no one's and talking about it. That's the craziest thing. How is like, it? There is a pandemic. Yeah, nobody's saying a word about anything. And no one's saying anything. Just you sweeping know it I under mean? the rug. Just, I, guys, I just so we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about wrestling. We're gonna talk about like uh, fun things, but like we're not addressing the serious things. But oh. I'm gonna stick with the format of the show. I, I, I'll retract it. <laughs> Just this week, you know. Then we'll we'll get back to our normally political schedule next week. Mm-hmm. You guys I mean, are having Rush Limbaugh on next week, right? No, Alex Jones. Yeah, Rush had to cancel. We forgot to tell everyone. Yeah, Alex Jones next week. Got yeah, yeah. Got Rush it. is getting some weird Nobel Peace Prize or something like that. I don't know. So <laughs> I guess we got our backup guest. Alex Jones is always on the line. You know, he doesn't have his own I'm website anymore. So, yeah, he's gonna bring his protein powder over here and just get get all yoked up. Start doing push-ups on stream again. It's really weird. He's 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 a strange he's a strange guest. He is a yeah. He's a, he's an odd bird. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm excited to be here, and I, I thank you guys for having me on. So yeah, um, I I've been keeping busy. I hope you guys have. I've, you know, we were all kind of mishmashing, chatting before um, about just everything really. 
So uh, this year has been very strange, but it has been um, really eye-opening, I think, for me in a lot of different ways, not only in the wrestling sphere, but in um, in my own personal life and business, everything. It's just been a year of self-discovery. So I, I you know, I, I was telling uh, Michael uh, when we were talking about the show the other day, and he, you know, and with his issues and with everybody's issues that have happened throughout the year, um, he's like, I was like, man, 2020 has been one heck of a weird year. But I'd have to say it's been, I know this is going to sound strange, but it's been one of the best years of my life. I'm glad to hear it. That's, wow. I, that's what I told him. I said, you know, Ben and Patrick Mahomes, like <laughs> somebody's got to come out of 2020, like better than they entered it. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to at least be close to two people that have. <laughs> and, and, and I can, I can honestly say that's, that's the case. Like I feel, um, I feel like I am a much better person now than probably when I spoke to you guys, maybe this time last year, which Good. is odd. <laughs> I mean, you would think, um, with everything that's happening you think, uh, I, 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 I think the biggest thing, and that's what I was telling Michael is that though throughout this whole thing, I don't buy into narratives of anything of any sort. And I've been just strictly focused on what affects me in my general sphere, my wife, my business, um, my happiness all revolves in here, you know, um, the world, uh, honestly, while it has gotten to me and it has affected me, I've tried to separate myself from it by removing myself from social media as much as possible, um, mm-hmm. by uh, maintaining a positive attitude, by um, – I'm a really big believer in routines now um, because when everything gets thrown out of whack, having a, a solid routine to get you through the day has been, it's been life changing for me. So spiritually, professionally, uh, I've never felt better. Like um, uh, this time last year was a really, actually, honestly, let's, this will be a good transition, um, kind of unexpected transition. But this time last year is when I stepped down as Booker from Journey Pro, or actually it was probably uh, September of last year when I stepped down as Booker from Journey Pro um, because I was collapsing under the uh, pressure that running a wrestling company can put you on. And it wasn't about running the shows. and It was about the talent. It was about how I was inept and unable to deal with difficult situations when it came to talent. Um, you know, and I don't think we've ever really talked about this before, mm-hmm. but uh, being the book of a wrestling company is extraordinarily fun. And there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. But when your creativity can be stifled and not that my vision was always the right vision, you know, um, you have to give the wrestlers freedom to express themselves and to offer their own creative input, which I've always felt like I did. Um, but there was, uh, clashes that I had, uh, personally with talent, um, that wrestling wasn't fun for me anymore. This time last year, I was highly, highly considering checking out, just walking away from it all because no project where I'm not making any money where, um, you know, um, I'm able to express myself creatively and if that's taken away from me those two things combined what am I doing 
You know, I spend less time with my wife. I spend less time doing the things that really matter at the end of the day, like the spiritual stuff, the, you know, self-care things. If I'm abandoning all that to not make any money and to feel stifled creatively, creatively, I can't, I can't talk today. It's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. It, it just wasn't fun for me anymore. And so thank God Matt Jackson picked up more of the reins because it was basically – I would develop story ideas with Matt Jackson and I would pitch them to Jackson. Jackson would refine them. And then hence the stories of journey pro were made. Uh, but Walter being the diehard that he is um, came in, stepped in and, and took the reins of that. And the company went into, uh, albeit a, di- a slightly different direction, um, but it had to be done because I was falling apart. I was literally falling apart. And what this year has taught me to bring this all full circle is that I'm never going to sacrifice my personal happiness again um, and my well-being, my mental health. Everyone talks about mental health. Everyone, you know, everyone talks about depression and what this year has done for them. You have to have that balance or what good are you to the people around you? Right. So this year has really taught me that um, I need to put that first and everything else comes second. Because if I'm useless to my wife, if I'm useless to my church, if I'm useless to the people around me, then I'm useless to the guys that I'm trying to book. And I was because every time a problem would come up, it just became this catastrophic incident, you know, and I never knew how to handle pressure at shows really well either, you know. Um, so I'm in a much better state than I was last year. All that to say. Great. I'm wow. Yeah. Well, and that's that's good. Yeah. And I mean, to, I, to sum I, it up. Yeah, I think. You know, it's hard, especially as wrestling fans and as independent wrestling fans. You know, we we are exposed to these independent promotions that I, I think for us, it's just it, it it's such an I want to say easy experience. But I mean, for you know, we, we pay our ticket, we go to the show, we enjoy the show, we leave like our, you know, our contribution to that is so minuscule is not the right word. But so, I, 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 we don't we don't see how the sausage is made all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's an arduous process. And when you're when you're running a company, you know, and you're dealing with as as we always hear dealing with like event space and you know dealing with logistics and travel <laughs> and and then you're yeah. dealing with with talent who have you know some some are laid back, go easy, and just come to do the job. Some have have an ego that needs to be massaged and, and some have <laughs> their own plans. And you know, when you start to yeah. factor all this shit in, like it's no wonder you, you know, get close to a, a, a mental health collapse. Like I, I don't, it, it's, I mean, that's mind numbing on its own. So I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I know as a fan, I want everybody to enjoy the experience as best as they can, but that includes the, the people that are running the thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I would feel like shit knowing probably all the stories that, that, that you, you know, that you and other independent promotions go through uh, on a, on a weekly basis. So I'm mm-hmm. all that's to say is I'm, I'm glad like that's, that's what I would want. I want you to be your happiest and healthiest. And eventually when things get back up and running, uh, you know, that will, I think that'll make for, for better content for better shows. Mm-hmm. Um, hope, and hopefully enough people have had kind of a similar experience to where it's like, this is what really matters. This is what's really important. Mm-hmm. And and here here's the thing. Like I, you know, I dabble. Like I was telling you guys off air, 
I've dabbled my toes back into wrestling these last uh, few months. I got to call a match with Road Warrior Animal. Oh, um, amazing. Awesome. Um, for SWE out of Texas when they came up to the winery. Um, that was a really great experience. Another great experience. I love being a commentator. And I realized how much I love being a commentator a little bit before that when we did the Fred Yehigh Jeremy Wyatt match. I will put my call with Jackson, uh, Sean Orleans, and myself up against pretty much any modern call I've heard in a long time. I thought that three-man booth not only worked, but we excelled. Um, different personalities, different stuff. But I, I listen to that, and it's one of the only times I've done commentary where I listen to that match, and I still get chills listening to some of the calls and the interactions that we had. Um, and it made me realize that I really, really love being a commentator. And I could go home at the end of the night and be like, good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, um, co-branded, obviously, between St. Louis Anarchy and Journey Pro. Um, but, uh, you know, it really made me like, ah, oh, man. I, 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 so anyways, I think I still have contributions to be made mm-hmm. to pro wrestling. Um, and I'm looking forward to whatever the future holds as far as that's concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, and as somebody who knows you uh, as well as I do, you know, with the the history that you and I have, yeah, and who's, you know, interacted with Jackson and Orleans before, um, you know, I knew Jackson back in NWL, met Sean at Anarchy multiple times, like, like watching that back myself uh, after seeing it live when I was there, like I could tell that you were all enjoying it and you were all feeling mm-hmm. it and you all were having fun and it made the match more enjoyable. It mm-hmm. made it more fun. And it like elevated the quality of the match as weird as that is to say, Be- like, you know, Jeremy Wyatt and Fred Yehi 60 minutes doesn't itself. need any help yeah. Yeah. being elevated, yeah. but it was like, it was, I guess, icing on a cake, you know, the way mm-hmm. you guys, sung the lyrics to their song mm-hmm. was just it was awesome. I had fun it was I awesome mean, it, and it was, it was fun yeah I think Sean Orleans by the way and I hope Sean listens to this I think he is one of the most underrated uh callers agreed in the, in the, in the entire business agreed that that guy has so much knowledge his cadence is perfect his timing is impeccable um I every St. Louis Anarchy show I've called with Sean Orleans is like a pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure to do because Sean is that good. Like he is, um, he's 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 got another gear. His excitement is on point. I mean, it, it was an absolute pleasure to call with him. Absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. For sure, I agree. Yeah, and you know personally. I am very excited, ecstatic, and eccentric to hear you, to see you, to know that you're doing so well, that despite what 2020 has been at large for you and the micro, it's been so good because you and I, we go way back. Yes. You know, you and I go back years now, which is scary mm-hmm. to think about. It is. Because <laughs> you and I go back to little baby Dallas. Yeah. You and I cool. go, you and I go back before Journey Pro, before mm-hmm. the hair metal heartthrob. You and I go back to... 18-year-old baby Dallas before he graduated high school, not knowing what the hell he was doing, showing up to this booth with all these wrestlers and <laughs> matches on the TV screen and the and the nice backdrop that NWL had with the camera. And this dude 
in a nice jacket. He comes up to me and he says, hey, would you like to cut a promo at our backdrop on camera? We'll send it to you. And I was like, shit, I don't know nothing about cutting a promo, but I'll cut a promo. And I cut a promo. And Baby Dallas tells this man about his, you know, some background about him in theater and him in sports as a kid and how much he loved wrestling growing up, him and his little brother. And this, and this man, he tells Baby Dallas, hey, we got a school. You should come to our school. It's in Kansas City. Yeah. Lo and behold, and hair metal heartthrob Dallas today, he still remembers driving home from that, from that event, from that uh, convention, whatever it was. And he said, by God, I'm going <laughs> to do it. Lo and behold, <laughs> Baby Dallas goes to the school. Baby Dallas learns from everyone that was at NWL, yourself included. You know, every two weeks, the time we spent setting up that giant LED board <laughs> and tearing it back down. And, Fuck. you know, I got super NWL quick comes and goes. Yeah. Like, I got super quick at that shit. Yep. You and we, we both were just like, yep, we knew what to do. And we had this system. And Sometimes we, just, we would beat the ring. That was yeah, my goal. Sometimes we would. And it would be like a goal of ours. We'd like high five, be like, yeah, we beat yeah, the ring. Beat the ring yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, NWL comes and goes. And then this same man comes to me and he says, hey, we're starting a new show. We're starting Journey Pro. You're going to be on Journey Pro. You're going to grow. You're going to develop. And you're going to be one of our guys. And, mm-hmm. and you said to me, you don't know it yet. You said to baby Dallas, you said, I believe in you. And not only did you say it, but you meant it and you proved how much you meant it because Mm -hmm. I could feel how much you meant it. I believed that you meant those words. I believe you. I believe in you. And Mm -hmm. there's a, I can count on one hand how many guys have said that to me and how many guys have had the impact that you've had on me beyond my career. And to look back on the creation of the hair metal heartthrob that you were a big part of big part of that it. you know my entire career which basically i guess could be credited to you because you <laughs> are could. in fact the reason i became i became a professional wrestler right so thanks you're welcome you're well, <laughs> i guess well, that's a long-winded way of saying thank you yeah no i mean here's the thing like i always and i think i, t- I said this on on the former show divas drop kicks and dives that um, if I were to stop booking today, or which I kind of well, have, <laughs> COVID. <laughs> um, if uh, the two things that I'm most proud of in the Journey Pro run was your build to your to your win, um, which is was my brainchild, and also the Shotzi Blackheart Christian Rose feud. Yes, um, I could go. I could quit wrestling and just go into the sunset happy knowing that those two things paid off exactly the way I saw them in my head, exactly the way I saw them. There were some bumps and turns in the road, some unexpected things that happened, but I knew that once you got over, you were going to stay over. And um, it's actually kind of a shame that COVID happened when it did, because the, the sky that you were just starting, you were just starting that climb after the big win and I mean, we had big plans. We had big, big plans, and um, that's one of the challenges of, of of starting again. Even if we would have started five months ago, even if we started would have started yesterday, uh, trying to book and start uh, new shows, is trying to figure out where you pick back up. Where do you leave off now? Do you start fresh? Does Dallas start fresh? 
You know what I'm saying? And that's going to be one of the challenges when Journey Pro starts up again is where do we start and how do we start that? You know, because we were building stories. We're, and, you know, the landscape has changed so much. I, don't, I mean, there's probably some people that aren't even in the business anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that there's some that we booked that aren't in the business anymore. Right. Other reasons. Yeah. Um, and the landscape has changed so much. It's like, how how do you start again? You know, and um, like I said, I think I still have some creative I was actually thinking uh, I once in a while I'll get in these moods. Uh, wrestling's a strange mistress, especially this last year, because there'll be times where I miss it immensely. And then when I miss it, it'll be in waves where for days I'll be thinking about stories and I'll be like, man, what if when we restarted, we did this, this and this, and then that built to this. And I start building the stories in my head. And then literally as quickly as it comes the next day, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Time to move on. Yep. I got I got other I got other things I need to do, you know. But um, I appreciate you saying that. But I I, I really do know that um, you know uh, what normal will become or what will be is to be determined. Um, but it will get back. Mm-hmm. It has to get back. It has to. And I mean it. it... You know, and we, we talked about this, I think, on our, our show last week, uh, you know, where I'm – I desperately want it back. I mean, for me, it was a, a mental health, like, tool, escape, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was able to channel a lot through watching, especially live independent wrestling. Right. Um, so I know I miss it, but I know I want it to be safe, too. And we just saw, you know, with the collective, it, it as, as safe as you think something is – I mean, anything can happen, and and you know the safety and well being of of the wrestlers, of of the staff, and of the fans is, is paramount. So mm-hmm. I, as much as I want it back, I do want you know I I respect that you have to wait for it to be safe. And mm-hmm. and well, the confusing thing for me, I, just in a general sense, is your version of safe may not be Kevin's version, right. may be slightly different than Dallas's, may not be mine entirely. Mm-hmm. Right. So balancing that those juxtapositions between your version of safe and someone else's version of safe, you know, is, is a diff it's difficult fields to navigate. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at the collective, when you look at Matt Jackson, you know, if he listens and I, I I boxed him this last night, so this is not a secret. Um, I applaud him because he's had to change his show 90 times. Yeah. Literally 90 times because positive tests, state recommendations, and him and all the other promoters that are running right now need to be applauded because it takes a lot of balls. The balls I don't have to run in these conditions because my biggest fear was always that what's happening to Matt Jackson is to build it up, build it up, get it going, and then just have it shit. Mm-hmm. And not my fault. And that fear has kept me from really, I mean, we did think about doing like um, a drive-in show, all that kind of stuff. But that fear has, has really kept me grounded in a, in a maybe not so great way that I'm like, I just want it to be right. And it right. doesn't feel yeah. You're spinning, you're spinning enough plates already. Like, trying to add 
that stuff to it and trying to ba- that balancing act. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't yeah. envy anybody trying to be in that position. Yeah. So it's, it's I, like, as, as a fan, it's hard. It's hard to watch wrestling right now. Just knowing that I can't knowing that there's, there's better available when the time is right. Like it's hard. Like I, we've, we've talked a little bit about like AEW and I definitely can't watch WWE, but, but you know, <laughs> AEW's, even even at its best, it's it's been harder to, for, at least for me, and I'm just speaking me personally. It's harder for me to to take in because I know I know the 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 joy and the fun that I had at like Journey Pro shows, mm-hmm. and to not not it's 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 almost you know, and I don't mean to offend anybody by by talking certain uh, comparisons, but I mean it's like when you're when you're addicted to something and you need your fix, like. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to you either go all in or you don't. Like, and yeah, it's it's, it's it, when you're addicted to oxycodone, it's hard to shoot heroin afterwards because heroin is a cheap alternative. Right, and also the the twitchy hand, so it's really hard to hit the mark. Right, <laughs> right. True. So let me ask you my twenties, right? So let me ask you guys this. Okay, so we kind of talked about it off air, and I want to kind of go around the room and see what you guys think. So. Tell me what is good about wrestling right now. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just want to hear what you guys are enjoying about wrestling right now. I, I think the environment allows them to be, if they take advantage of it, to be creative in a way that they would not normally be creative. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and more so WWE, because AEW still has, they, they just celebrated their one-year anniversary, so they're still new quote unquote. But I think even WWE has has a little bit of room to do things outside the box, you know, and not you know, the ratings are down, there there's not as many eyes on the product, so I think it's a chance for them to try to kind of reboot or to reevaluate things. I I don't think they've taken as much advantage of it as they should have, but they have done some unique things like when we were talking about Roman Reigns. I mean, what they've done with Roman I don't think they would have done that under normal circumstances. They would have kept him chugging along at his babyface superhero thing. And just like they did with Cena for a decade, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they would have felt comfortable making this, the switch that they've made. So like, I applaud them for at least doing some stuff like that. I think there's, it, now's the time to do something crazy. Now's the time to do something creative so that, you know, you're comfortable with it once everybody comes back. Yeah, when you can control the bo- the cheers and boos. <laughs> right, that too. <laughs> they literally have the WWE 2K soundtrack playing in the background. That's the crowd sounds they get. It's from like 2K19. So it's the so same what, as mine. <laughs> so what about so what about you? What about you, Kev? What's good about wrestling right now? Uh, I am liking the thinking on the fly, uh, kind of like Mike said, you know, and just kind of like trying to adapt to everything. Uh I, like I said, seeing the, I watched a bunch of the collective over the weekend and it was good to see that style of wrestling back in a way, you know, as safe as it was, it was, it was fun to see the Joey Janela spring break, like the clusterfuck was definitely something out of left field. And like I said, you know, just putting, putting health stuff aside just to watch a match take place in that such of a weird, unique environment was really fun. And just like. Kind of watching it along with Twitter was really fun. I like these doing. I like doing these watch-alongs, and it's, you know, the way we're at now. It's like 
that seems to be since I can't tweet it live, at least that's the best way I could do it is like, you know, have these like Zoom parties or have, you know, people in a chat room to kind of like live react with, you know, we had our we had our families, you know, at the just like, you know, Ben, just like the DIY punk shows, you had your family there and, you know, that's how you saw them. So it, right. it's good to like, you know, this is your way of catching up with them. But the, what I what I've been liking about wrestling is just, yeah, the, the kind of like be able to evolve on the fly. So that's been for the most part that, and like I said, seeing Roman Reigns turn heel, finally being a, being a Paul Heyman guy has been a fresh breath of fresh air. Dallas, I need you to knock some sense into these guys. Go. Oh boy. Um, I, I don't know if I can do that, but, um, I'm just kidding. I, yeah, you, you, you pitched that question and I kind of thought about something I also wanted to bring up to you, which was how the last time we talked, um, like this a while ago, um, you know, back in early mid summer or something like that, you and I talked about how it was kind of like this whole pandemic thing and wrestling nearly shutting down completely was a unique opportunity to, kind of take a break and recharge and like, you know, act on our love for other things. And it would be okay in a sense, like it would be understandable or acceptable or something like that where we wouldn't be missing out. We wouldn't be missing anything. We wouldn't have to catch up on so much and how us taking that kind of mental break from the wrestling sphere ended up being kind of good for us because it reminded us why we love it. And it made us yearn for it again. Um, and then with this, you know, the past couple months, two or three months with wrestling kind of, you know, slowly trying to come back and trying to feel things out and trying new things. And especially on the independent level and having been on, a couple shows now thinking to myself, you know, this is kind of, you know, we're getting back to it. This is a step in the, this is a step in that right direction. But then being slapped in the face with the reality that it's also not, it's just not like I was at a show at a bar that had no social distancing, no mandatory mask wearing, no measures being taken between matches in the ring or, you know, it was basically, hey, do what you want to do. And if you don't want to do it, we're not going to make you. And the underlying, I think, anxiety that I had to almost ignore or combat that whole day and that whole night of like basically knowing I could be bringing COVID back to my family tonight was kind of too much for me. And it took away from that, from that serotonin of being at a wrestling show and being in a wrestling ring and putting on a match. It, it's different. And with all the like, for lack of a better word, drama 
that social media likes to drum up for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, particularly when it comes to uh, small, like indie stuff, mm-hmm. like the amount of people putting out a ton of stuff after the collective mm-hmm. about the collective, you know, what they should have done, what they shouldn't have done. Uh, even this past week with Ben Carter signing with WWE, which I know several people that know him. I don't know him myself, but congratulations to that kid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, as somebody who can relate to his position of a kid who dreamed up, who grew up, grew up dreaming of nothing more than going to WWE. He did it like he's fucking there. Mm-hmm. Like that's the biggest thing he's ever done in his life. Congratulations to him. And then there's all these people on the internet who have no fucking idea what they're talking about. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not mad. I'm just putting it in perspective for those people. They have no idea what they're saying. They don't have any perspective on the matter. Mm-hmm. Telling this kid that he's making the wrong decision and I see, as if they know better for him. Sorry to cut you off real quick. And I think you're hitting on something very important in one of my deepest fears is I think it's an unwinnable situation. Mm-hmm. I that's, think Ultimately, that's where I'm coming to is – is, I don't know how to win in this situation. Well, because – well, think of it from a promoter's perspective. So let's take the collective for example. You try to take every precaution that you believe is best for your company and for your fans and somebody tests positive. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you're the fucking devil. You know, because because then all the people on the outside say, well, they could have done this and they could have done this. And was this happening? Did this person get tested? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're taking a big risk being a promoter right now to run a show because that's the kind of backlash you're facing. It could mm-hmm. be career ending. If, if some say, say it's almost akin to social suicide. If, Somebody say like um, uh, say like uh, I held a show. I have a new company. It's called Metro Journey Pro. <laughs> Metro Pro. Metro. No wait. Journey Metro. Journey to Metro Pro. Anyways, <laughs> so my new company. I decide to have a show that's socially distant, right? Uh, and I had three sanitizing stations uh, placed throughout the building. We're not selling drinks. We're not selling food. Everyone's required to wear masks. Temperature checks at the door. What if all those and all the wrestlers are tested before they get in the ring? What if uh, we have an outbreak? And what if an older person dies, right? Or anybody? Let's just say anybody. Anybody. Someone takes it home and they kill a relative. Okay, liability. A. B. You could be literally shot on like throughout the internet because you now you've costed somebody's life that they can directly trace to you how that that's career suicide and for what because in your mind you did everything right you're not trying to hurt anybody Mm -hmm. you're not trying to kill anybody or what if god forbid that happens and then someone has a picture of me trying to make my point clear to somebody, which we've all done before. If you haven't, I don't know. I'm pulling down my mask, yelling at somebody because they can't hear me. So I'm expecting them to read my lips, and I'm like, hey, Chris, I need you to run and go get that chair, and they take a picture of that. Yep. And then they go, look at this asshole. The owner of the company has his mask around his chin. You know what I'm saying? Nobody cares about the context that was taken in. No, no. 
somebody died in my in my on my watch, and B, or hell, if I was drinking a soda with it down, and I just put it down, and then they're like, ha ha ha, got gotcha, you, asshole, mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah, that is your journey. Metro to Journey Pro is done. <laughs> yeah, and for anybody that's somehow going to take any of those scenarios and be, oh, that's being too irrational. That's not being very realistic. Is like, it? don't live paralyzed by fear, dude. Fuck off with that, because just stop. I don't think that's far out of the realm of possibility. It's not. It's, it's, it's really not. And and I can tell you firsthand. You know, we haven't talked about it much on here, but you know, my my mom is in a uh, assisted living facility. She was uh, suffered injuries in a car accident years ago, and has been uh, that facility went on lockdown late February before the outbreak really happened. And they had done really well up until about a month or so ago. And then they had a, a, you know, staff or somebody brought it in to where like in, you know, an entire wing of, there was like 30 something cases that uh, got it. She ended up getting it, you know, from a, from a staff member. I mean, this is a, a medical facility that is supposed to have top notch procedures and stuff in place. I mean, if they can get it, and it turned from being a bubble to a petri dish, basically. Like it just started going around. So, how can you expect if if a if a high end medical facility can't keep it out? You know, how do you expect somebody running a a public entertainment event, a DIY event, for the most part? Right. You know, I, like there's holes yeah. everywhere. Right. Punch mm-hmm. holes everywhere. Right. And that's one of my fears. So that's why it, it makes it, you know, when we're examining or when you examine how to run a company in this time, that's that's kind of that's kind of the thing you have to start thinking about, you know, right. and, Oof. you know, normal. I mean, is it ever going to get back? I mean, I in my oh, OK, I'm not even OK. I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> no more COVID no. talk. Let's switch okay. gears. Go down. I know. I know. It's yeah. We we were joking earlier, by the way, for everybody. Yeah. When we were talking about, oh, we're gonna have some really tough conversations, and we're gonna discuss what people <laughs> should be talking. Like we were joking, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did want to. I did want to kind of turn to because on the back piggybacking off of you know uh, in the earlier phases of this pandemic um, when you started when you initially took your break from wrestling and you what like what were you doing to like outside of that you know what were you doing what were your interests what did you find interest in that are like you know new things you picked up um so uh you know my goal early on i I obviously have been selling real estate um now since uh january uh or december is when i got my license but january is when i became pretty much a full-time real estate agent um, so I've been doing really well at that. I, my goal has been to beat your mother and whatever sales she has, Dallas, I want to destroy her. And oh, I really, wow. I really I'm going to let her know. I really want her to call me and be like, Ben, you're destroying me in sales. How do I get to your level? Ooh. Just kidding. Ooh. Um, Ooh, my mom's going to love hearing that. I know. I'm also know. a real estate agent. I, I love you, mom. I was just kidding. Yeah. Um, but honestly, uh, one of the things that has been really um, so that's a, that's actually a really good question. I I really got into comics um, nice. over the last few months. Um, I was always kind of a comic book nerd back in the day, 
but um, my friend from uh, the church I go to, uh, he's a real big comic book nerd. And so we just started nerding out and he got me back into comics. Like he was just like, hey, you should read this, you should read this. And so we, we just started uh, comic exchanging. I got back into role-playing games. So I started uh, having a Zoom D&D session. Nice. I still wish it was going on, but um, my brother and my best friend from California got real busy. So we're hoping to reconnect. Um, but that was a lot of fun. That really kept my my mojo going was just like playing D&D and having, you know, kind of returning to the core of like, what did you do when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, you just are stuck at home, you know, and I didn't want to be on the internet all the time because I knew it was so toxic. And um, so, yeah, I got really into D and D and, you know, got more, uh, you know, and business has been just so good that honestly, I, I don't know what would have, what if business was this good and the pandemic didn't happen and I was still running journey pro, I don't know how I'd balance the two Yeah, because I am, I mean, you know, Dallas, you grew up in a real estate family. Uh, I'm busy a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and to kind of go back to the wrestling thing, I disagree with all of you. I think wrestling is terrible. Okay. Absolutely. I, and, and I get what you mean by like the creative aspect of it, but I don't mm-hmm. think they're utilizing it. Right. You know, um, I agree. I think there's ways that they can be creative without doing the cinematic stuff, you know, the kind of unbelievable, more unbelievable, like mm-hmm. um, Undertaker saw matches, although I did really like that match. Um, the last ride match, what was it called? Yeah, it was good. That was it. The last ride. Okay. The Boneyard or something. Yeah. The Boneyard. Boneyard match. Match. Yeah. That was really good. Oh, the last ride was a documentary. Should... Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That was really good, by the way. That Ooh. was so good. Oh. I haven't watched it. Yeah, me too. Oh, really? oh yeah. brother. It is it is wrestling's equivalent to the last dance. Oh, it is I think so that was good. the point. Yeah. Which oh, it oh so it's good. so good. If you don't respect the under it, first of all, if you didn't respect the Undertaker before, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't respect him after this documentary, I don't even know what yeah, you do get out of my business. You know, yep. <laughs> I just uh, it's hilarious not hearing how how, how soft spoken he is outside right. of the Undertaker character. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, but man, you want to talk about someone who's a true general, a true vet, mm-hmm. and someone who's really respected. Um, honestly, though, like I, I feel that there's ways. You, you know, I will say, I will think Raw Underground, while terrible, was a step in a right creative, outside the box direction. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, I think that I used to think you couldn't put the genie back in the bottle. I'm starting to change my opinion about that, and here's what I mean. I th- I know we're going off back into wrestling. Um, I think that wrestling, what it needs right now, is less haha, and and I get it because it's supposed to be an escape, and the haha is good, but the yep. haha needs to serve its purpose as the haha has always served its purpose. And little scenarios has a breather, as a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I think what you need to do is you need to start getting gritty again. I'm not talking about Attitude Era, because if you really watch Attitude Era stuff, it's really not that great. Yeah, it's bad. Good. It's bad. I was watching ECW. Like, first of all, I love ECW. It was an ECW mark since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, 95 through 98 ECW is really good. 99-2000 ECW, where it just literally looked like they would walk in, they'd look at the sheet on the wall, and they'd be like, 
oh, there's no matches up there. What are we doing? They're like, I don't know. Balls, you're going to go out. And then New Jack, you're going to go hit him with a trash can. I think Tommy Dreamer is going to come out. And then we're going to have a three-way after all that happens. And then, I don't know, we'll go to the main event an hour and a half later. You know, where it just felt like they were just throwing stuff up, up against the wall because there was no direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now it's time we, we get back to the realism of pro wrestling, of what makes what made pro wrestling a sport. Um, and I think there's a way that you can do that and still maintain, like, make championships mean something, give people credibility. You can still have the flamboyancy. You can still have the Dallas Cades. You can still have mm-hmm. the showmanship. But, you know, the, the diving stuff, like, why? Like every match, there's a dive, and everybody's waiting to catch everybody else. And so, you know what a great representation of it was? Kyle O'Reilly and freaking Finn Balor. Yeah. If you guys didn't see that match, stop what you're doing and go watch that match. That is how you make professional wrestling now. Yep. That way, it was up to date. It was snug as all get out. I mean, obviously. Yeah. The yeah. boys beat the piss out of each other. But it was re- it felt like a real struggle. Mm-hmm. It felt like a real wrestling match. I could I lost myself in that match. Mm-hmm. And that was such a rare feeling to like sit there and watch like when Valor's trying to get out and he's like stomping on the face of Kyle O'Reilly and you're like, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that st- that will always resonate. You know, I think we've made ourselves in the wrestling business. Like I heard about the Effie spot with Marco Stunt and the dildo. Did what? You about this? Oh, you missed that? I missed that. Was- oh, man. It was- All right, go ahead, Mike. Watch- fill, us- fill us in. Tell us what I happened. mean, I didn't get to see I- – I only saw, like, little clips of it on Twitter. But basically, what? like, Effie was going to stomp – do like a curb stomp onto to to where the other guy like went onto a dildo, but he missed. Awesome. Um, kind of thing. So while that has a place, it, that instance or those scenarios make it easy for, imagine if you took any one of your friends that doesn't know about wrestling and imagine taking them to that match. Or is he okay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Imagine taking someone to that show. His dogs are barking. And them seeing that. Is that a good way to hook them in as professional wrestling fans? Right. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm I'm a contrarian to that. And and. I don't even know really how to bring up the example. I will say there there was a a match that Journey Pro happened that went pretty viral that talking to some people in the audience who were there that night were like really excited that that match happened because sure. the crowd got into it. The, the sure. crowd was doing coming up with their own chance and and became a character in that match that I don't think was initially anticipated or at least that it felt spontaneous mm-hmm. at the time that I think those kind of moments can make wrestling fans too, just from a different angle. Like I don't, I don't know if one's better than the other. I get what you're saying. You're right. Like I don't, I don't 
I'm not a huge fan of, of comedic matches being purely comedic. I like comedic bits mixed in with, with actual legit, you know, regular wrestling. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if one's better than the other because to, to me, shoot fighting or just like constant fighting is too much MMA. And like, sure, I don't, sure. I don't want to watch MMA because I find I don't want people beating the shit out of each other just to beat the shit out of each other. I want there to be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And that I do think there needs to be some sort of, you know, long-term storytelling or at least investment into why a match is happening rather than like you said, with ECW people just showing up and spitting a match out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me a reason. Like that's, that's where I get involved is like, why are these two or why are these people beating the piss out of each other? For what reason? Mm-hmm. And or like, how do we get to reason, this? How do yeah. we right. get to this? Right. How do we build to this? Like if there's, that's where, that's where I get into it. More so, so than, than yeah. The, I, don't get me wrong. I I love technical wrestling. I thoroughly enjoy it. But if it was a whole show of like technical wrestling, that's I'm I get bored. And yeah. and you know one of the one of the examples that we have is a guy that we that love dearly, Jeremy Wyatt. Jeremy Wyatt's matches are amazing to watch, but. I and being in that audience, I know by the end of the night I'm exhausted as hell. I feel bad. I feel like I'm not energetic enough for his matches, um, and he deserves that, you know, because his matches are so good. But they're they are so technical that I don't know if the crowd reacts correctly, and sometimes it gets too quiet during his matches, mm. and I hate that for him. I don't I don't want it to be that way. I I start yelling random crap just to try to get the crowd going, and <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work. So. I guess well, it's ultimately it's about what you want out of a, a wrestling match. Well, it it sounds weird, but sometimes it's not a very... F- I don't believe it's a very frequent thing, at least not in my very limited experience, but not always does a quiet crowd necessarily mean it's a bad... like that the match is bad or that... True. Or that, they, or that they're not getting their intended point across. Like... I, you know, there have been moments and even in places like WWE where something happens or what, you know, whatever's going on in front of that live audience, you know, they're like stunned into silence or Undertaker losing the streak. Nobody knew how to react. You know, mm-hmm. you just sure. saw the the shocked faces, the dropped jaws, the wide eyes. Nobody was making a sound. Oh, true. And that, that kind of like adds to the moments like that. And... Mm-hmm. I you know, I don't think it's necessarily. Um, I don't really think there's a relation between the volume levels of the crowd or how into the crowd or how into the match a crowd gets and the style of the match. I think technical wrestling can get as rowdy and as loud as any bar fight or any brawl or any mm-hmm. like stupid death match like. Uh, you know, glass on a table wrapped in barbed wire, lit on fire, you know, stunt show. Boop. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you can shit. get. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Sorry, like, I, I watch that kid. I have to. I watch him. I, I'm surprised he didn't show up at the collective, to be honest. He got weed whacked by his dad. It was the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. Like a weed whacker to his oh, body? Oh, yeah. No, oh, but my you, God. You never saw that from CZW years ago? Oh, they, my God. Weed whack? Anyways, it was... Anyway. But, like, uh, 
to 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 your point, yeah. uh, Miller. I like my thing that has been exactly what you're describing uh, has been the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament. Oh, totally. It's totally. dude. Oh, they've done totally. it. Like I've had that itch for so. Like even before the pandemic, I was like, man. I want to see places that their entire presentation is predicated on presenting wrestling as a sport and like just totally like from top to bottom, the entire thing. It's a sport, man. That's a great point. They've been doing phenomenally. They're doing so well. And it's, it makes me excited to watch it. It brings me in the way they're present, the way they're presenting, you know, all the wrestlers, the way they're presenting the matches. Mm -hmm. It's, it's from top to bottom. They're Agreed. they're hitting all those points exactly the Agreed. way I kind of want them to get hit, and it's just oh man. Since the beginning I, of since the beginning of of wrestling history, there's always been you have to find that balance. Now, to your point, Michael, I wasn't saying that every match needs to be like MMA brutality. What I do mean though is that when I watch independent wrestling, I feel that it's too much. Like every match is the has a comedy spot. That's that's right. every match has the big die. Every match has this formula to it. So to see yep. Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, there was not one high spot in that match except for the finish when he did the coup de gras. Not one. Think about how many dives were in that match. Zero. No dives. I mean, it was that to me was a masterclass in pro wrestling because there's a place for every single flavor of pro wrestling. My concern is, is that especially with that Effie match, I didn't see it where when does it go over that line of like okay okay yep like i mean it to me it's almost like the death match thing like when the japanese guys were doing like piranha did you guys ever see piranha death match i yeah i saw clips of it yeah no that's it's a thing there was a piranha you can see it on youtube right now it is a piranha death match so my point being is the oh, violence can, can only go so far. So comedy can only go so far. So where is the line with comedy to where it's like, okay. Like it's hard enough for me to watch Marco stunt as a performer. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't, yeah. I just can't. I'm, I, I'm sorry. Book. I think he's, I think he's charismatic. I think there is something I think there is room for him. But for me personally, because again, wrestling is a, about personal interests and taste. I can't, I, I can't do a Marco stunt match. I'll turn it nine, ten times out of ten because I can't believe in what he's presenting. So my concern is: Are we going to keep upping the ante on these comedy bits and routines to where then the new fan? Who's trying to? Because what we want to do is drag in new fans. Mm-hmm. Are they just going to be like, okay, am I at a? Am I at a, rest, a wrestling show or is this a comedy? I don't know what to think. I, I don't know if I want to come back. Mm-hmm. You need to present, like I always said, you know, Journey Pro and Eric Bischoff, for all of his weirdness, he had the right formula. Put the luchadors on first. Get the crowd into it. High flying. Bam, 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 bam. Then give them a breather. Give them a let, a let up match, which would be a Dallas Cade match. Like a match you're really not invested in, but you just want to have like an okay time. And you're just like, all right, put Dallas Kate up there. So that's why we made Dallas go near the top of the card because he's going to bore the piss out of you. But entertaining. <laughs> Oof. Shots fired. Um, 
but you know what I mean? There's a place for everything on the card. So yes. yeah. like I, I would just like to see wrestling find more room for those places for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and um you know, the AEW card was a really good example. Like I can watch an AEW show and tell you exactly what's gonna happen. Every match. Every match is gonna be way too long. Every match is gonna have a dive yep. spot or some insane apron spot. Every, you know what I mean? Like false finish, yep. false count. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And and notice in that Finn Balor match, going back to that match, how many false finishes were there? Zero. Hmm. No falsies. There wasn't, and there was no hulking up, and there was no like the Japanese thing, which is really big, and that's fine. But man, people need to watch that match because mm-hmm. I was just like, this is perfect. You know, and I was just like this. And, and when I watch Wyatt, how Wyatt and Yehi, their first big bump in that 60 minute match didn't happen until 25 minutes right. in 25 minutes. They went without taking anything. They just chain wrestled. And, and that's one thing I'll push back on you, Michael, although I'm just different. <laughs> no, no, I, I would totally watch uh, six hours of technical wrestling and not even lose interest. Like, I could watch six uh, Jeremy Wyatt, Freddie A. High 60-minute draws in a row, and I'd just be like, yep, this is great. <laughs> and I would still be just as engaged as the first match, just because that's what I like. I sure. could watch technical wrestling all day. I could. Day. I, think I, I think I'm think i in that boat with you. I, just, I, I love it. I just, after a while, it's like, I, oh, I don't totally. know. They, I guess it depends on the style of the wrestler, too. But I I, sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm at the same time, I, I love comedic wrestling so much. Um, it's it's a little harder to justify now than maybe it was a year or so ago because some of the biggest right. people that were kind of championing it, you found out really weren't. Who are you talking about? Were they championing it? Is there? It, have you seen his post? I don't care about talking about it. I, unless no, you guys no, want fine. to talk about it. No, no, he's fine. Yeah, 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 no problem. Dude. That's, that's been a gut punch. That's been disappointing to see yes. the, the fallout from that. I, I, it's entertaining to me I, because here's why like, like the the biggest internet feud or one of the biggest ones was Jim Cornette versus Joey Ryan last year right mm-hmm. and he's like you're uh, you're passe you're an old man and you need to get out of our business and it's just like you live by the sword you die by the sword yeah you know what I mean and then to have him like, like everything is like Jesus now like yeah. I'm sorry I'm sorry like I smell a work, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, like it just – carnies are going to carny. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's suing all these people, and I'm just like, oh, Joey. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Joey was a hey, – in all honesty, Joey was a great guy to work for or work with. We hired him, what, two times in Journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was, a, he was a nice fellow. He never said or did anything that harmed Journey Pro. Um. I feel I feel that he is an incredibly lost person, incredibly lost, and I I hope he finds whatever it is he's looking for. You know what I mean? But we just can't have that kind of stuff, you know? Right now. Not anymore. Not anymore. And the times are changing, and um, you have to be very, very careful how you represent yourself, um, as that movement showed all of us, is like, like – you make sure your side of the street is clean before you open your mouth because everything and anything will be brought against you if 
if you've done something wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's why I keep all my opinions off social media. Like I said, like I've done a lot of really bad stuff in my life, Mm -hmm. obviously Mm pre-internet, but even with the internet, I always made sure I was like, "Mm, it's always going to be out there. So I was like, Hey, you can go through my history and look on my MySpace. You're just going to see a couple things. A, I was really large (laughs) and really drunk. And then you're going to also realize that I was really emo because I would post a lot of emo lyrics. That's about it. Yeah. Never know my political opinions. You never know like really anything. You just know that I'm a really super emo guy. So, <laughs> which, which where's your live journal? Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I, I didn't have I didn't have one of those. I had a blog spot. Oh man, I had I, three different blog spots. I had some weird offsite one that no one ever found out, and I just left it there. Uh, but yeah, I went back and looked at it like ten years after, and I was like, I did too. God, what a fucking idiot! Like I'm just Me like, too. what was I thinking when I was writing this shit? Oh yeah, I was twenty. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. 21. Yeah. And I would like, at the end of each blog post, I'd put like the top five songs I'm listening to. Right now. <laughs> Always related because I was really into hardcore and emo or emo core, yeah. whatever. And I'd always, it always had something to do with a girl I was dating. It would be like a cursive song <laughs> and it would be like a botch song. Oh, yeah, man. It's an Atreyu kind of day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, I bet you Atreyu is on at least yeah. one of those lists. <laughs> Oh yeah. man! It's as as somebody who is in their young twenties, oh, growing up with the dude. I can't write a single tweet or whatever without having like tremendous anxiety over the consequences, the mm-hmm. unforeseen consequences of whatever you know, whatever somebody else interprets from it, or whether somebody mm-hmm. wants to take a narrative from that one thing and run with it. Oh, because speaking like, of which, we should talk about your social media presence. Go ahead, Kevin, get him. Uh, yeah, you with your hair metal. No, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, Mike, get him. Yeah. I, I mean, of, of all of us, I'm probably the one that's like screaming into the void more than more than anybody. So, I'm no like I've. I mean, like, you know, when I was coming up. I do, first the of all, NWL, real quick, it was Dallas, like, real quick, have you been hanging out with uh, Ken Dharma too much? No. Because you're really No, he this. actually, no, he he <laughs> has not, like, we haven't, when the guys and I were talking about it the other day, we have not, because he usually would train with us every week, you know, we haven't seen him, he doesn't want to come out and do, like, any of that stuff because of the pandemic, he's like, yeah, man, I'm kind of done until things, until we get, like, a handle on stuff. And I like we just, you know, we miss him because we haven't seen him in months, like since Mm -hmm. like February or March or something like that. We have not seen him. So, but, but like, but, you know, uh, we would always get kind of like they would, they would touch on it a few times when, when I was coming up in the NWL, but it's like, yeah. It's hard to kind of teach, uh, I guess, social media etiquette. It's like, you know, it's also something that you kind of have to learn for yourself, like what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Because like, uh, say Campbell, for instance, you know, he's pretty good at the Twitter and the social media stuff and all that. I'm not. So like if, (laughs) if I tried to kind of like 
you know, quote unquote, be good at it or whatever, I would make an ass of myself, which has happened before. <laughs> so yeah, like, it has. It, yeah. And you know, I would end up misrepresenting myself in a way right. that is not good to me right. or for anything like, you know, because you know, you all, all three of you know me right. to whatever extent, you know, more or less how I am. And like, you know, the, me as a person, anybody on the internet is not going to know any of that. So, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, for whatever reason, there's always some kind of misconnect in communication when you're reading text, as opposed to when you're speaking to somebody and there's an actual dialogue between two or more people going on. So, you know, you just, we were always taught, you know, you got to be careful and you got to represent yourself professionally and all that stuff. But like, you know, no one, no one can hold your hand through it. Nobody can tell you what's right or wrong. You are going to have to learn that kind of stuff either the hard way or, you know, know ahead of time, Hey, this is the do's and don'ts. So that's just, you know, that's something that you kind of have to learn as you grow mm -hmm. as a, as a person and as a, you know, professional. Yeah. Um, are we too down? Is this a down episode? Should we? No, I don't think so. Awesome. No, I don't think so. Down. But if we want to end it on an upper, there is something I want to talk. I want to like ask you about. Okay. Cause like we've talked a few times about like some of the guys that should, you know, that like everyone outside of our little scene should know about that okay. more people in the Midwest scene should know about. Because okay. Kansas City is kind of, you know, off in the corner, way off by ourselves. Which always annoyed me. It sucks. It's a bummer. It but that's sucks. because we're the ones that are directly affected by it. Yeah. Um, I digress. You know, we've been talking about guys like uh, Regals, you know, one of them who's stuck in the UK but just got mm -hmm. engaged. So congrats to him. Congrats Gunner, to him. Who's yeah, on absolutely. New Japan Strong. We've yep. talked about Jeremy Wyatt plenty. We've talked about Moonshine who, you know, has done his stint in Texas, KC, back to Texas. Now he's back in KC. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, we haven't talked so much about, like, the next guys that are going to kind of take their place when they do make it past the indie scene, the Kansas City scene. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you know, because you've seen it, mm -hmm. there's, like, a crop of guys, you know, around my age who, like, are – really good for mm -hmm. that for being so young in their career and so young in their life mm -hmm. guys like kenny alfonso mighty micah just seems to rise to every occasion you know mm -hmm. uh campbell myers people are hearing about him a lot now after he came out of black and brave um you know sk bishop when he is in the ring man he you know he's really athletic he's got a lot of athleticism he's so smooth he just you know he does things so smooth and so easily. It's like that, you know, that's got to have some level of potential. And mm -hmm. he's really showing his comfort level. Uh, it's just, you know, he's getting better each time. And I guess you could throw this weird big dude who listens to music that's older than him in there if you wanted to. Yeah, sure, I if mean, you want. if you yeah. wanted to, I don't know. But like, because we're kind I... of like this carload of guys who kind of more or less came up together. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, how do you what you, what is your take on the scene of Kansas City wrestling in terms of the talent that we've got around? 
Before I answer that, I'm going to throw it over to Michael and Kevin because I want to hear what they have to say from more, no offense, guys, but more of a fan perspective about who they've seen that maybe need to be on everybody's radar. Oh, God. Um, if you want, I can go first. first. Huh? What's that? I don't know why, but that was so funny to me, the initial. <laughs> Michael's first thing that yeah. he thinks is, oh, God. <laughs> I can go first. I can name a couple right off the top of my head. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, especially lately, J.J. Garrett has been, yes. like, a huge under, like, kind of underrated talent, like, coming from Iowa, I think, right? He comes from, like, the, like, he's coming I from, like, so. northern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, seeing him perform has always been a blast, you know, especially seeing him grow. All the, all the, uh, the, the, the scramble people watching them grow. Yeah, S.K. Bishop, I, I loved watching him wrestle. Uh, yeah, Kenny Alfonso is amazing and just puts on one hell of a match every time. Like, and I'm really glad that Alpha and Omega are doing stuff together again. Like, because the tag team scene is starting to get hot again. Like, I, you know, and seeing like young independents, like, uh, you know, as an Airwolf, uh, like, like he's been, what? Yeah, yeah, like top flight, he, top really flight. Thank you, uh, top flight. I've been killing it lately. Uh, yep. but like, yeah, local guys. Yeah. I mean, just seeing that crop rise, you know, once again, I mean, I'm coming in from the NWL days. So seeing them as like students and now like having the, going from seeing them as students to having their first, like really early matches to now seeing them as somewhat vets have been amazing. Like, you know, seeing the transformation of Dallas, you know, going from, you know, L- little water draper. Yeah. <laughs> <Mini> draper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short hair, like super oh, almost crew cut to where we're at today is like, I, I loved the transformation dying to get you out of that. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, no dude, lost no. boy Dallas, but, but, but to your credit, we, yeah, we, we, we got you the one and, and props obviously to DJ who really kind of Absolutely. spearheaded the whole idea of, of the hair metal hearth prop. And we just kind of brought it to fruition. So yeah, DJ was right there. Uh, Michael, what do you, who do you think? Because I got I got a name that's going to blow you guys all away. So go ahead. It's it's a little harder for me because I only got to go to a couple Journey Pro shows to see like local talent. What I was always excited about was getting to see some of the Texas talent that yeah. showed up at Journey Pro. Um, you know, Kurt Stallion, uh, for example, getting to see Moonshine. Um, you know, um, yeah, oh God, I'm trying to think of a couple others. Alex Grassi was supposed to be on the Zello Pro mm-hmm. show, but she she couldn't make it. Like I. I was really excited for her to, to, to wrestle at Journey Pro. Um, but getting to see, you know, like a lot of the people out of Chicago, like Laney Luck and GPA. I was going to say, you got and, the boo GPA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was that was what I was excited about, was getting to see those people in Kansas GPA City. GPA is super good. Yeah. Super he's good. Like, oh, man. I, lo- I just good. I love screaming at him. Like, he's one of my favorite heels in, in independent wrestling. He's one of my favorite Twitter followers and I'm, or like follows. And I'm like, why do I hate? Why am I supposed to boo right. you? You're spitting yeah. truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna throw two words at you guys outside of our great friend Dallas Kate here, Bones. Connolly. You're hilarious. <laughs> you know, I was You're lucky so enough. To, funny. I was lucky enough to see him wrestle one time, and man, <laughs> my life was changed. <clears throat> I'll say this. Yeah, yeah, no, Miller, I, you just actually. Yeah. <laughs> is he retired this week? No. Okay. No, he's just starting Next up. What are you talking about? Never gonna man? retire. There's no retiring in indie wrestling. And there's no hey. retiring in bones. What you can't spell? There's no retiring. <laughs> I have no idea who the hell. KLD is. <laughs> I have no idea. 
Um, I've never I made think, a dime from this business. Oh, no. I think, uh, obviously, like outside of Dallas, um, I think JJ is so phenomenally underrated. Mm-hmm. So phenomenally underrated. He is not only, he has the charisma, he's got the ability. Mm-hmm. I was actually stoked when he said he was going to start doing a podcast at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I'll listen to that. Nice. <laughs> because. JJ is one of those guys you want to see what he's going to say next because he's so out there. Yeah. He's so fucking out there. But super talented. There's that kid, Dallas. What's that kid's name that came up, um, trained in the UK for a spell? Oh, uh, Darian. Darian. Mm-hmm. Darian's going to have a good future. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, come on. Like, Kenny Alfonso, dude. I mean, Jesus. Writing is on the wall with that guy. Yeah, yeah g- g- give him, give him a year. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, talent like that is just insane. Um, I think once Campbell finds his groove and finds his gimmick, he needs a gimmick. And I've always said this: he needs a gimmick. And the the pompous asshole just—I've seen it before. It's not working for me. For me, Campbell. You're a super talented kid. You just need to find something that's that that's different. My approach to real estate, not to bring it into real estate, my approach to real estate is the same approach that you. I think a lot of you guys need to have in professional wrestling is like what makes you different. Like because you know the the reason why the Dallas K thing works is because it feels like it's you. It is you, and it feels like it's you turned up. But what makes you different, you know? And it's because you're a bigger guy than most indie guys. Let's be let's be honest about it. Um, so what you do and your presentation, you always had ideas about your presentation. And that means you're invested into that idea. And because, it, again, it became an extension of who you are. And I think all indie guys need to figure out who they are and what makes them different. You know, my whole thing with real estate is like, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not a sleazy salesman guy. I'm, I'm going to be who I am regardless if you buy a house from me or not. I may not swear as much, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be as real and as authentic because they're used to the, the sleazy car salesman, real estate guys like, hi, I'm Billy Blank and I'm going to sell your house, <laughs> you know? And instead I'm just, I'm just me. I'm always going to be me. And that's what makes me different. You know what I'm saying? So for Campbell, it's just going to be able to find like what makes him different. And for Bones, Bones. Stop, stop, stop. Bones. I think Bones just needs a compilation video. That's all. Fuck the clown. Stop. I will say this. I'm not pooping on those guys. I'm just saying. I know you're not. Figure it out. But I'm not even gonna let you open that door. You've already opened it too much. The scent is wafting into the room, and now I, I gotta go it. grab a can of Febreze. Stop. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think Casey, the wrestling scene has always been dramatically overlooked. We get mm-hmm. shit on. I think we should have been the hottest territory in in the you know back in the day, but we're always looked at as a second cousin. Always. Mm-hmm. We have so much talent here. We didn't even touch on some of the great talent that we have here. Um, the guys that are ready right now, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so sad. And that's why, like, I feel, um, 
when Journey comes back, that we may be unstoppable. We will come back with a vengeance. Yeah, so much talent. Damn straight. On a mission. Because honestly, we were... Find me another company that looked as as good, was putting on the quality that we were putting on. Mm -hmm. And not to shit on any of the other wrestling promotions. I'm just saying, I believe in our product enough to say we stood above the pack in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And we were just about to hit that, that, that threshold. I felt it, felt it. We were about to break through in some way. Um, But things have to, uh, things happen for a reason. And then, you know, we we have to recollect and reconfigure, but um, man, I was watching a, a little bit of journey and it's weird because it seems like such a distant memory. I was like, shit, that was hot. I was like, that show was fire. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like this happened and this happened. Oh, I remember this. And I remember the crowd reaction. Because uh, when it's happening, you're just like, yeah, it's fine. No, it's, yeah, it was great. No, it's fine. It's great. But right. when you put it back, I was just like, holy shit, look at the size of that crowd. Yeah. There are a lot of people there. Yep. Yeah. They're all into it. <laughs> holy shit. You know, so it, yep. it was, and it, that makes me really like happy. That even if Journey were to end, like today, I was like, man, we we had something. We oh, had hell something. yeah. Especially as young as the promotion was. Or oh, is. yeah. Like, dude, to have to do some of the things, like have some of the success that Journey was having in inside two years was like, dude. Crazy. Yeah. It's testament and, to the fans. And we were about to get a venue, guys. We yeah. had a venue. <laughs> we had a new venue. And we were going to unleash that new venue upon the world. And we were there. Mm-hmm. And this shit happened. Getting but sad we, I, again. I'm getting I sad now. To, I swear to God, I was like, this is a game changer. Our lives are going to change because of this venue. It's all done now. We're all done. We're wrapped up. This is going to be the next level. And then this shit happens. Ugh. And I was just like, no, we were so close. But we'll get back there. We'll get back there. And that's the important thing. We'll we will. Mm-hmm. We'll all get back uh, there. Coming. Music video? Yeah. That's coming. <laughs> We're about to wrap this up. Yeah. That's coming. We're going to wrap this up, and then we'll take that right afterwards. Okay. So, Sweet. Um, man, Ben, anything you want? I mean, we've, we've talked a lot. Anything you want to get out before we get out of here? I didn't. I didn't. First of all, I talked way too much. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. man. Hey. Sorry to yell at my dog. Oh, we all have dogs to yell at right yeah, now. Yeah, we're all mutant here randomly. I think we all, yeah. We'll have to take we're a break all, and throw uh, all our dogs there's... outside. I need you guys, uh, you know, whoever's listening to this, I need you guys to help me beat Dallas's mother in sales. So, <laughs> Don't do that. If, if you want to uh, buy uh, if you want to buy a house in the Kansas City area, right now is a good time to do it. Hit me up, Ben Miller at KansasCityHomes.com. You can email me. You can text me at 661-236. 9055. I do have a YouTube channel that's actually doing relatively well for real estate. Awesome. Um, Good. So if you look up Wrestling with Real Estate in Kansas City on YouTube, you'll find me. I have a bunch of videos about Kansas City real estate. Um, so yeah, if you want to buy or sell a house, I'd be more than happy to help you. I love what I do, and uh, I've been doing really well so far. So, I, you know, anybody Brad. Need any help, I'm glad to help. Kev? You. Don't go to Dallas's mom. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, don't. It's still funny. Anyway, Kev, you got anything? No, man. Be good to each other. That's all. Yeah, uh, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. 
for sure. Oh, yeah. Everybody be good. Oh, uh, yeah. And, take yeah, to piggyback off Kev, dude, we're about, we're about to enter into another really bizarre month and a half, two months. Just take care of each other, man. This shit's gonna hit the fan. Let's just be let's just be cool to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. don't need more drama. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, man. Uh, to you, Mister Miller. Thank you for being here today. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank thank you. you so much. Not only for being here, but for you know bringing me in. Uh, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate and you. Dad. That's just you know me to you and. I, I I always love you know I love seeing you in all seriousness I give you a lot of shit you're one of my favorites in the business you're one of the good guys and I always enjoy seeing you and you're 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 a joy to be around and any promoter that wants to book you is better off for booking you. Well, so, thank you so much. That means that that seriously does mean a whole hell of a lot, especially coming from you. You're easy. Uh, you're one of the easy ones. You, thank you, you dude. You thank you. I appreciate you. it. You have um, great input. You're a good. You're a good guy to have. You're a good hand, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Miller. You're um, anything? Okay, hold on. Let me think. Anything else? Um, yo, guys, if you want shirts, I have not talked about this. I have shirts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, need shirts. I, need I have shirt. like, and honestly, they're fucking cool shirts. Okay, if I do say so myself. I don't know if you guys have seen them, but if you want to check them out, you got to go to prowrestlingtees.com. You got to do the slash, and you got to put Dallas Cade. And there's a couple shirts there for you, and they're pretty cool. Um, Twitter and IG are at Dallas Cade. Uh, that's basically it. That's all I got. Uh, peace, love, rock and roll. Mike, hit him with it. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Um, ben, I cannot wait to have you back on. And yeah. uh, I look forward to Journey Pro's first show having a, uh, like, yeah. leasing papers on a pole match. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm for it. Book it, bro. Book it, bro. Swerve. Swerve. Later, nerds. Yeah. We all know that the only way to top the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew is with velvety new sweet cold foam from Dunkin'. But how do you top that? With an exclusive offer for DD Perks members. Get a medium chocolate stout cold brew with sweet cold foam, cold brew with sweet cold foam, or cold brew for $3. It's the perfect deal to top off the perfect top to the perfect cup of Dunkin' Cold Brew. Doesn't that sound great? Not a DD Perks member? Join today via the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Netzer.